Howdy dream, cowboys. Welcome back to episode three of our season one rewatch podcast. Tonight we're going to be recapping episode three of Westworld and also talking about some Westworld related topics. I'm James. And I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld podcast. So there's a tiny bit of news that's tangential to Westworld, which is that the Hollywood Reporter is saying Game of Thrones Season 8, officially, it's not happening until 2019. So says the Hollywood Reporter. So says the Hollywood Reporter, the arbiter of all things, so we know it's true. Uh, in, In any case, we knew Game of Thrones wasn't coming back for a long while. We knew that the schedules that HBO was going to put out that had to do with Game of Thrones and, and Westworld and, and any other flagship show they come up with within the next year or two is going to be, be based on the last season of Game of Thrones. That's, it's a, it's, I mean, they care about it. They care about the last season of Game of Thrones. And I get it. I get it, James, because I do too. But that means that Westworld will be carrying the network on its shoulders next spring? Yeah, most likely next spring, and it will have, it will be a standalone show, right? Like, it will have to, it's like Game of Thrones mom, I could be my own meh, and then there, it's like, okay, but you have to stand by yourself, and you have to be okay, and he's like, I could do it, and then we're gonna see if it's actually possible, I think it will be, it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, the trailer for season two looks really good, I don't have any doubt it's gonna be just as good as season one, if not better, HBO has a pretty good track record with that. They actually, they do. They, they, I mean, the Game of Thrones track record is that they just poured more money in in season two. I'm not sure what version of this they're going to do for Westworld, but again, I think it's going to be good too, and it's coming back sooner rather than later. Because remember, it was only a few months ago when we were like, it's probably coming back, I don't know, a century from now in the in the dog days of never. So uh, springtime is much better better than that. So episode three, we haven't mentioned this the past two rewatches, but directed by Neil Marshall, directed The Descent, which is a cult horror classic, and a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. Hmm. I feel like I've heard you talk about The Descent before. So perhaps the last time we watched this episode. Yeah, but I mean, I am a big fan, so. And then the episodes that he did at Game of Thrones were the big battle scene ones, and so you get a kind of guy for an episode where you're going to have stuff like that, I guess. Right. I mean, this scene, uh, it didn't, or this episode didn't really have any large set pieces, but at the same time, uh, unless you want to call the outside a large set piece, which the Westworld is outside all the time. So I I don't know what you want to do there. It was very violent though. Uh, He's pretty good at that. There was a lot of violence. I liked it. So the show starts with Dolores talking to somebody, either Bernard or Arnold. I kind of think it's Arnold. And he gives her an Alice in Wonderland book, and now we know that it's the same book that he gave his son, so it's really, you know, symbolic. Or not at all, because it's just made up and a backstory that's not real. At some point in this episode, we go over the fact that Teddy doesn't even have a backstory, and you feel bad about it, but honestly, it might be a better life than Bernard has with his backstory, which is just, it's not, which isn't a good one. It's, you know, his his son's dead. And he talks to his ex-wife, but playing by Robert Ford, most likely. 
it, Bernard's life really sucks. And to top that all off, uh, I believe this is he. She's talking to uh, Bernard, but it's it's mimicking Arnold's conversations with her, right? Because it's a lot of like, I'm not sure if I've done the right thing, and she's like. Maybe I think you have, so just don't don't turn me off, please. We get a pretty good scene with William on his own for once, so he's having a nice time because Logan's not there to bother him. Are we just going to skip the whole gun thing? She opened a drawer and a gun was there, and then she looked down and the gun wasn't there, and I was confused, and I don't know why what happened. But I know all I, I, it did happen, it, and the I don't know. Anywho, it was all... Okay, but you know, she also had some fleeting memories of the man in black. Aren't you going to mention that? No. No, I'm not. I'm only going to mention the gun. William uh, runs into Clementine, and there's this, like, crazy outlaw who shoots his way out of jail, and he takes Clementine hostage, and so William gets to be a hero, but I noticed that never, like, once he grabbed Clementine, he never put the gun to her head or anything, so really, anybody could have shot that guy at any time. It's pretty yeah. uh, level one mission. Honestly, William... He wasn't even trying. He he was just he was just waiting for a proper time after he gets shot to finally do something to save Penny Feather best name. And the moment that that guy took her, I I knew she would be okay, but I was still concerned. Like he 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 jostled her and and said fucked up shit to her, but I don't think he actually hurt her though. And he never pointed no. the gun at her head. He was always like waving it around and just kind of manhandling her. Right. And this scene is the one that is I think basically put there for the uh, for the audience to learn the exposition that uh, Ben walks up and is like, "You popped your cherry, you got shot. What? Uh, congratulations to you. Also, let's go celebrate with a robot prostitute, and because you won't be able to do so once you're married to my sister soon." <laughs> and that's like Ben's whole vibe. Yeah, Logan's pretty gross in this. He's like, "Yeah, you didn't want to bang some hookers before you marry my sister." And uh, William's basically like, you know what, man? We've been doing nothing but banging robot hookers. I just want to do one adventure. I've been calling him Ben because his name is Ben Barnes, but you are right. His name in the show is Logan. I do agree. I just thought you two were on a first name basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very close. Uh, We go picnicking together in Central Park. Back in the Mesa, Teresa and Bernard have a weird feud. And, and it's also a bit of a, like, a relationship cat fight. Because Bernard's like, oh, I'm so tired, I didn't sleep a lot. And, like, Teresa's like, I know you didn't sleep a lot, it didn't bother me, ha ha ha. Yeah, we're, I'm aware you didn't sleep a lot, we were the ones banging, I was there, also, you're in trouble. Yeah, she's mad, and she's like, the board is mad, and he's like, who's mad, you were the board. She said that he lied about the malfunctions being fixed, and he's, like, really chastened, uh, and he looks sad. Yeah. He does look like a sad robot. Although I wonder, like, this is just his, like, written narrative, the way all the hosts have them, right? Exactly. His is to just be a sad person with a very sad backstory, and he's pulling it off very well. So then Elsie's, like, talking to the robot who went berserk and trying to find out about him. Sideburns Trevor? Uh, Sideburn Trevor's friend, Walter. Didn't, Ah. isn't that who went berserk? He did, but I think in this scene that she's talking to Sideburns Trevor, because this is when Bernie walks in, and uh, they watch the camera footage of Walter being talked to by Arnold. Right. And and he, and he my favorite line in that one is Walter goes, I need more milk, Arnold! 
I need more milk. You haven't given me the amount of milk I need to sustain. <laughs> Bernard is like, oh, this whole honor thing is not important. And he just glosses over it. And he's like, the real problem is that he's just malfunctioning. Which, is, of course, that's what he says. Right. And Elsie's like, yeah, no, dude. Come on. Uh, he's killed six hosts and they all killed him in the past. He's literally holding a grudge. And then Bernard's like, interesting. You're getting very close to a very key piece of information. So what I'm going to do is send you and Ashley Stubbs into the goddamn wilderness. Good luck. Right. And now, you know, because we know what happens. So what's going on here? Bernard's like, hey, don't look into this Arnold thing. But here, go find this incriminating evidence on Teresa. You need to ask yourself, I guess, how many or how much of the time Bernard is actually like using his improv function as opposed to is it just Ford talking through a microphone? Because it kind of sounded like it was it was Ford just being like, "Yeah, don't don't pay attention to that. Get get out of here." The stray that they eventually find leads to like the downfall of Teresa, basically. Uh, oh yeah, so this is all for probably sure. a setup. Most likely, isn't the stray? Uh, it was. Tr- it's Teresa trying to get. Uh, um, prior. What is the word I'm looking for? Propri- proprietary uh, information outside of the park. Like it was trying to get up high to to broadcast. Wasn't that what is it? Yeah, she's was? trying to transmit some kind of important information to the board. Right. So I mean, Bernard doesn't even know, but he's literally going to smash ahead over this. Yeah, Ashley and Elsie have a little like tit for tat also. Yeah, they uh they they kinda wanted to Arya and the hound them, I feel like. Like put them together and see how long it goes. Although at this point, you know, we're sitting in limbo. We're back here at the beginning of season two, where Ashley Stubbs is pretty much alive, and we don't know that about Elsie at all. So like these moments are fleeting too. Like you get these Elsie moments and you're like, Oh, that's fun. Oh, sad, sad. I don't know if that's going to ever happen again. Sad. Yeah. I wish they would just confirm her or, or not already confirm her or deny her Jonah and Lisa. This, the gauntlet has been thrown. I don't think they're going to do it. So we see a little bit of like Teddy's outlaw persona in that he's like a bounty hunter and he kills people because he's taking this newcomer around and they're having a grand old time. Yeah, they uh, do an intro quest where Teddy talks to Samuel, who has an amazing mustache. Also, all the bounty hunters in this show are ruggedly handsome. That guy who William uh, was being told earlier in the show where he's like, if, uh, you want to come out and do my little side quest? That dude had a jawline that went forever. I was so, uh, it was a, it's a bummer, honestly. And then Ted talks to Samuel, which is the guy with the mustache with his new lady friend who Samuel called her um, Teddy's dickless associate. And honestly, I think that should be her name, Teddy and dickless associate. So I'm just going to ask you, and, and I want to get into it because I do want to get into it later, but I want to ask you for a few scenes coming up this scene with Teddy and the newcomer and they run into Clementine, which timeline white hat, William or black hat, man in black, which timeline? Oh my gosh. That, has to be so it has to be it can't be 30 years ago right because teddy didn't exist back then teddy was literally created to be the william it's william picked up the can you know what i mean okay so uh, you're saying man in black timeline yeah it has to be teddy meets up with dolores again right well his host gets seduced by clementine and then he runs into right and then he runs into dolores 
Yep, Clementine Pennyfeather, best name, was doing her best job at her best job. And the lady was just like, we're all down with this. I'm a dickless associate, and I'm fine with getting anything for free. <laughs> you feel bad for, like, Clementine, because her role is to tell everyone that they'll get a discount. Yeah, I mean, she's just, like, the cheaper lady, which is a bummer, because she has the best name. And then Teddy and Dolores get in a fight. <laughs> Yeah, well, first they have, like, a romantic moment, and he's like, someday I'd like to take you out of here, and then she takes offense to that. She's like, oh, you always say someday, but you never pick a day, and it's someday is just what people say when they mean never. And for me, sometimes when I say someday, I just mean someday, not necessarily never. He does obviously mean never. Uh, I guess not obvious. It might be obvious to Dolores at this point, because she's kind of having weird flashbacks about her past, and she's just like, you know... I don't think this is actually ever going to happen. I think you need to shit or get off the pot, Teddy. But I also do like like how she's becoming more uh, human, and uh, the more human reaction to have is like, he says someday, and the music literally stops, and she goes, someday? Someday's a lot like never. It, she, it reminded me more of like what a girlfriend would actually say in that moment, and not what a robot would say, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's you're, We're going someday, and you're like, someday? Really? You keep saying Sunday. I don't think it's ever going to happen, dude. Okay, and so what timeline did this happen in? Same one? Uh, no, no. This one is probably, uh, is, this one is the William and Logan timeline 30 years ago. Okay, I thought there was a switch there, too. So the Teddy scene at the tavern and this scene are not in the same timeline. They're just edited to seem that way. Right, and then every time Bernard is wearing black in that basement down there, I'm convinced that's right before... That's basically Arnold's conversations with Dolores right before he gets himself killed, right? I think. And so, the reason I think that this is the the earlier timeline is because Dolores can't shoot. But after she goes on her adventure with William, she can shoot. Right, and... Uh, the first time she ever shoots anything is in that barn that night when she rides up by herself, right? And, and or is that? No, that's Cyburn's Trevor. Yeah, it's all very confusing. <laughs> they do their whole spiel where they ride up to her cottage. Because, um, you know, her father would never let those cows graze so far away. No, but he does it every night. It's a, <laughs> he's an, actually He's the worst rancher that's ever lived. And they so, go off to their dooms, I guess. Right. Two sh- two gunshots. Screams that follow. This is the part where the machine makes the eyeball, and it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> just like doing the eye for, you know, probably a good 30 seconds. Yeah, it's a, JJ, it's a J.J. Abrams show, so you gotta look at a bunch of eyes, gotta see how they're made, for sure. We come in on Ford talking to Teddy about dying over a thousand times. He says your job is to protect and keep Dolores here uh, because someone who wants to... You're here for someone who wants to best the gunslinger and then basically rape Dolores. And I wrote in all caps, FUN! You know what kind of life would eventually lead to perhaps someone being the one and and turning on everyone and and then just like uh, becoming uh the emperor of the new world order once the genocide is over the girl who you programmed to get raped every night what a bump awful how awful dolores's life is i get it but he asked teddy like how come you don't just you know run away with dolores and he's like oh i got business to handle 
I wish Teddy had been like, because you don't, you didn't let me. You don't let me every night. You know this. Why are you asking me these questions? And he's like, oh, well, Teddy, you say you have this unfinished business, but you don't actually, because <laughs> we never bothered to make it specific. You just have vague angst about something that happened <laughs> that you can't, you know, get over. And he offers to this. I love this. He offers to give him a, an interesting backstory. And he's like, would you like that, Teddy? And he like, just doesn't not... react. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like, he's not going to do it if Teddy was like, nah. He had already written it. He's un- he's going to upload it. Don't, don't, uh, just don't be f- cute with me. Given that choice, though, I'd be like, nah, no thanks. I mean, I'd rather just have a vague backstory than one with specific painful details. Yeah, I like being blank. Just leave it, leave me like tabula rasa, dog. Let's do this. So the next day, we learn about Wyatt, and he's got some strange ideas. Yep, yep. He was a, he was his, uh, he was Teddy's sergeant, and everything went very poorly. And now Teddy is kind of his, he's the someday, right? He has become the reason someday exists. He, 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 that's the reckoning. He needs to go and reckon. Right, and so when Teddy's walking around with the newcomer, I guess in the other timeline, someone's like, hey man, Wyatt's around, let's go handle that. Ooh, yeah, so the when you enter into the, to the timeline things, I know what all the timelines are, right? Because we watched the whole season, we stood here and we said, okay, let's break down every timeline. There are basically like four of them, three and a half of them, four. Uh, but understanding which ones you're in at any given moment is exceedingly difficult. In either way... Um, I just think the Wyatt stuff's happening in the later universe, because that's when, you know, the Man in Black gets involved with Wyatt a little bit, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. The All the Wyatt stuff is, is I think, uh, leading up to Ford's little uh, new adventure journey. So, they go on the hunt for Wyatt, and they find a dead body tied to a tree, and they get attacked by Wyatt's gang, who are dressed in, like, Halloween costumes. Yeah, but they're scary. They somehow don't die very easily, and uh, I, when they get attacked, the they send the sheriff just gets murdered, and then they send another guy back to be, to be like, tell tell them we're dead, probably, <laughs> and, and that's and and then that's what they they do. Let's see. Oh, the uh, there's also that one scene where Elsie and Ashley Stubbs walks up to the a group of dudes who are in a weird loop and uh it's it's the it's the group where the stray left and he's the woodcutter so they've just been talking about somebody cutting the wood for two days instead of doing anything i i really enjoyed that scene and and it's also the scene where the stray you can see in watch the stray that they uh carved orion into a piece of wood and we're like ooh, that will be important but like it's not <laughs> Man, how specific are these narratives where, like, a single character is the one who chops the wood and no one else can be programmed with, like, a possibly I'll have to chop wood subroutine? Yeah, Elsie literally says, she's like, yeah, neither of these other dudes can even touch the axe based on your new security protocols, so only one of them can do it. It may be perhaps interesting that that was the one, the one that could uh, maybe have a weapon in his hands is the one chosen to be the stray and to try to uh, get out there and get out this information, but uh, in, in either case, 
these guys can't make their own dinner and Ashley Stubbs and Elsie are just laughing about it slash just trying to figure out why Orion's belt is on a piece of wood and a bear. We get a little bit angry Ford because someone tries to cover up a naked host. He's like, no, I like them naked. They don't have feelings. And I, I like to remember that they don't have feelings. Also, I'm going to scalpel this dude's face and I'm going to make you watch. Bernard talks to Ford and I wonder like, are these conversations necessary? Like, why why does Ford need to, like, discuss this with Bernard, like, for his own enjoyment? <laughs> he wants to have a real conversation? The only reason this scene happened is so that we could see uh, Robert Ford's office and how dope it is. It's such a cool office. We get a flashback to the early days of the park. CGI, CGI Ford, dude. That's right. And we get some Arnold backstory. And he said that, you know, the robots used to hear... The voices in their head, like they were gods, and they went crazy, and it's like, oh, maybe that's what happened to Walter. Yeah, the bicameral mind, and Ford was like, you know who listens or hears God in their heads? Uh, lunatics. So that's what <laughs> that's what all the robots became. But, uh, so, yeah, this is, I remember how big this was when we were first watching it, because he gave us all the backstory of, like, for three years, we lived in the park, me and my partner Arnold. He shows a picture of um, himself as a young man, and it looks like his father. It looks like not Arnold, right? It's it's like a picture of him and his father, perhaps. But he And he perhaps, I, I don't think he can show Bernard a picture of Arnold because he just won't see him, right? Yeah, uh, he could do it, and he just wouldn't see him. Nothing to see right. him. So the, in that picture is Ford and his father. And then, they, and then at the end of this conversation is where Ford tells Bernard that Arnold died in the park. And his personal life was marked with tragedy, a lot like Bernard's is. And uh, we called it an accident, but Arnold was very careful. So, you know, <laughs> it probably wasn't. Yeah, Bernard's deceased son is brought up, and so... Yeah, how's, how savage you gonna get, Ford? Uh, don't don't make Arnold's mistake. <laughs> Why would you think I'd do that? Because of your dead son, you idiot. Yeah, thanks for piling on this pain to this fake backstory that you gave me. That, you know, breaks my heart every day. Right. And then we literally transition right from there to Bernard talking to his fake ex-wife that we later find out is basically Robert Ford sitting at a Skype with some digital ma- like thing over him, making him look like Gina Torres slash Zoe from Firefly. And, uh, you know, he's talking. Uh, he was talking about uh, Arnold's Pyramid, the the Pyramid of Consciousness as well. And he said that the, the top of the pyramid didn't get get filled and eventually that was going to be mistakes everybody remember that for some whatever and you know and then we just we lose gina torres at that point because she's barely real and and bernard's done crying about his fake dead son yes so she's some kind of what like cgi video or hologram and i guess like you said dr robert ford is probably like andy circusing him like with face capture technology yeah, and he's just like, he looks forward to it. There are times where he can get into another character and kind of like, you know, escape his demons. <laughs> then right after this is when Elsie and Ashley kind of get a little chummier. They have a bit more side conversation. And then Elsie goes off to to take a pee behind a rock and she hears the stray and it's Beardy McBeardy face. After that, Teddy is also out in the night and is like, shoot at anything that moves, dickless. We can't. We, we, we can't make it out here unless unless you, you pull your own weight, you, my dickless associate. 
Dickless trips over something immediately, sees the sheriff get stabbed, a gunfight ensues. Teddy dies like usual. We literally already went, we went over that, but it actually happens at this point. And then uh, we go back to Elsie, who calls Bernard, because Bernard was like, call me if anything happens. So she does, and he doesn't even pick up. No, he's talking to Dolores, which I think this time it is really Bernard talking to Dolores. Right. So confusing. Anywho, Dolores is downstairs again. Bernard is wearing black again. I thought it was again in the past, but maybe it could be in the future now that he's not picking up the phone. But, uh, you know, and then that's the conversation where Dolores is like, yeah, there aren't two versions of me. There's only one. And when I discover who I am, I'll be free, a.k.a. I'll kill everybody. Right. Bernard, or possibly Arnold, tells Dolores, he's like, I gave you sentience. And she's like, do you want to be ignorant like all the other hosts? And she's like, nah, I'm cool like this. Yeah, you could, you could, did you gain from that scene that she was manipulating Arnold or she was trying to like he was a human being? Like every time she asks if she does some, if she did something wrong, you kind of get the feeling that she's saying that not because that's what she's programmed to do, but because she realizes that's a way to not get turned back, like to make him feel empathetic towards her. Yeah, it's possible. I'm not too sure, because based on what timeline this is, because Dolores is about to, like, awaken, basically. Yeah, and this so... next this next part is real is real, a real bummer. She, uh, Dolores finds out that, that Teddy's dead. She's just walking through the middle of the, the street, and someone's just like, oh, that guy? Probably really dead. And then, she, you know, she's awful. She's devastated. And she she walks up, or she rides up to her house. She starts saying the cow line, and then kind of stops in the middle of it. Like, why am I still saying this? Teddy's not even here. And and then she, as she gets up, she sees her dad's dead. Sideburns Trevor is there to say hi. And uh, Sideburns Trevor says, um, no one's going to interrupt us this time. And Dolores actually says out loud, like, this time? Like, how many times have you have you raked me in this barn? Jesus. And this is where she kind of abandons her loop because she shoots these guys dead with the gun. And that kind of solves our gun question from the other episode. Like, this is this is where Chekhov's gun gets used. Yeah. Not, and not the- that big of a payoff, I guess. Just the next episode. Right. So was that that gun that she was hiding or did she just take Rebus's gun off his side? Ah. Uh. Yeah, it's exactly. Not, Anywhere. Then, I don't, is that I don't, what happened? Whatever. I didn't catch that detail. <laughs> it might have because I think she he goes uh, like she has the gun and he and he like kind of looks down to see where his gun is and he's like ah dang it. But and either way, I honestly don't know. And whatever. And at any case, in any case, right before she pulls the trigger, she literally hears a voice in her head, the Arnold voice that says, "Kill him." She's surprised with herself. She gets out of the barn uh, right to see her uh, to see her mom get shot. Perfect. And then uh, she gets shot, I think, in the stomach. But she holds her place like like it doesn't affect her. Or I, I think she gets shot. Like she gets shot in the stomach, but she's holding it and like nothing happens. So you don't know what actually she you're not exactly sure what's going on there, but she's not dead. So that's the point. Dolores right. rides off at that moment out of her loop and with a gun. Right? Or does she still have the gun? She might have dropped it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we don't even know which gun it is. So. <laughs> right, exactly. We watched this show diligently. <laughs> Stubbs and Elsie uh, try to, like, I don't know, unwedge the host that's trapped. 
Yeah, Stubbs blazes down to Beardy McBeardy Bot. He's like, put this one in sleep mode. As Stubbs has taken off his head with an actual large saw, uh, the robot wakes up all of a sudden, kind of like bootstraps itself and, and is rebooted. And then uh, the, as Elsie's just like, dude, get out of there, the robot climbs up and is about to what looks like pick up a rock and hit Elsie it with like with the rock but instead he uses the rock to suicide himself which do you believe was a like a cyanide protocol or do you believe like he was just in such pain that he wanted to die no yeah i think that this was uh programmed into him by teresa or whoever it's like before you get caught break the shit out of your brain Right, and it's a really interesting moment when he just slams that rock into his head that many times. Honestly, for the for the sheer reason of like, I want to know how hard you have to actually hit yourself with a rock to murder yourself. I I, I don't have a beard, so I'll die faster. But uh, I I I mean, I better he hits himself like three times. I think I could do myself with one. Honestly, I I have the skills. Well, I think you you probably knock yourself out. I think, you know, humans are a little bit more durable than just, like, one... Yeah, you might break your neck. You could probably maybe pull through, though. Honestly, I, w- I want someone, like, a dad joke to walk by, like, don't knock yourself out! <laughs> and then you're like, I'd rather be dead. And then you do kill yourself with the rock. <laughs> right, because you picked up a 300-pound rock with your superhuman strength and bludgeoned your head in. Well, in this timeline, I have a beard, so I'm much stronger. (laughs) The cliffhanger for this episode is Dolores running into William and Logan, and she faints into William's arms. Right, they're out there on the boring bounty hunt. Uh, Logan's like, $40,000 a day, and I'm jerking off alone in the woods playing White Hat. (laughs) Right, our favorite line for a couple episodes. Such a good line, actually a wonderful line. And, uh, you know, and then they meet Dolores. And then I, re- I recall when they met Dolores, like, the first time we watched this. And our exact thought was, like, nothing good could come from this. And we know it's the William timeline because William is in it. Right. That's how we know that it's it's Jimmy Simpson and not Ed Harris. So this one we are sure about. We kept saying later in the season, I'm like, you know, I swear to God, one day Man in Black's just going to walk over to William and be like, hey, Billy. We thought that might happen. Never happened. No. Never chance. Well, we thought it would be a fun troll on the audience, on us specifically. But uh, I, I think it's just something we wanted, maybe wanted to happen because it would be a little interesting. But I'm totally fine still with them being on, on separate timelines. It's just, uh, more so than that, it's not the William stuff that is confusing, obviously. In retrospect, now you see William and you're like, okay, well, I know where I am. It's more so the stuff with uh with teddy interspersed with this because you have to remember any timeline that uh william is in and not the men in black teddy doesn't even exist yet so this is all being edited in and out of each other and you're just it feels like you're not supposed to get it Nah, teddy exists in the william timeline doesn't he 
I honestly don't think he does because Teddy was was literally created to keep Dolores in her loop once William like gets her out of the loop that that time because Dolores has done this journey so many times and like the final solution was to assign Teddy to like pick up the can exactly like William did the moment he met her. I I'm pretty sure. But, but he taught happening. Dolores how to shoot, but Dolores already knows how to shoot by the time she's had the William adventure. And she broke out of her loop in the William timeline. Uh, It doesn't make sense for Teddy to exist yet. Like, uh, unless unless he was changed. God, I need someone to just edit in the 10-hour-long consecutive show for Westworld so I can watch it that way. I, I know that there are, like, full things on the internet that you can read, and it will tell you th- every scene, when every one of them was. But honestly, the timelines is, like, the main trope of the first season that keeps it interesting. I'll be, I'll be interested to see if they, if they stick or stray, ha, got them, with the timeline, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the big, the timeline shifts being so cryptic in the second season. Yeah, it is. I I still can't believe <laughs> Jimmy Simpson is coming back. I, I really thought we had shut the door on the William timeline, but apparently there's more to be seen. We're most likely going to get a whole story arc from that timeline again. And which means that we'll be in at least two timelines, you know, post Robert Ford getting shot in the back of the head and then William and Logan. Uh, well, I don't know about Logan. He's on a horse somewhere. Um, there was a fun little theory on the internet that Charlotte Hale was Logan's daughter and, uh, and that late, you know, later in the, in the series, William has the company and and took everything from him and that she's there to get revenge on the man in black in the long term. Which would be interesting, I guess. But, I mean, there are so many fan theories, it's it's hard to know which ones are viable. Unless uh, Jimmy Simpson comes back to play a William host, maybe created by Dolores, because she wants William back. Oh my god, a William slave host would just be... Oh, so oh and then we could have Jimmy Simpson Bowl, where he would fight the man in black. Air horns, hype. <laughs> what is hyped cannot die. So I think we'll be back pretty soon. We've got the Emmys coming up in a week. We, we do. Also, uh, so yeah, when's that? September 17th. So we'll be recording September 18th, the morning after, to either, you know, uh, jauntily be uh, very happy about, you know, all 22 of our wins, or uh, or just be really depressed and angry over... Anthony Hopkins not winning, which would be an actual travesty, dude. Yeah, you need three Emmys, all right? Two isn't going to cut it. It's really not. You need to know. We need to know that Dr. Robert Ford was a a generation-changing character. Hey, James. Hmm. Uh, So Westworld, you know, interesting. Uh, But you also said, and I think we've, we've only been going 40 minutes, and and I got about 10 minutes left before I have to get out of here. And we wanted to have this conversation either way. We might as well just have it on air and, and, and let people go to the end of this if they don't want to hear it, but let people hear it if they want to, if they want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, dude, Game of Thrones is so long from now. And 
and Westworld is like, I'm so glad Westworld is in the spring because I'm actually looking forward to to something next year, and I'm, I'm looking forward um, to something that I think will people will obsess over and really get into because Game of Thrones won't be for a long while. So they, I think people will binge a lot of season one and then watch season two. But, well, I got a, I got a theory for you. You do. Okay. What if this is some kind of Gonzo marketing campaign? You know, didn't Westworld was supposed to come back later? Got pushed over to the spring. HBO could you know build all the hype if they're like, guess what? Those rumors we leaked them to the Hollywood Reporter so that you would think it was coming a long time from now, and it's actually going to come out fall 2018. That's true, but what that would actually mean is that Game of Thrones would have to be filming right now. And in the winter, which they're not, right? Because so they're no, they're starting... obviously just doing top secret filming uh, That's in a, a good dome point. somewhere. Yeah, no, exactly, a dome outside in Spain next to the rocks. Anywho, um, it's it's gonna be it's a long time away. A lot of stuff has happened. You've read all the books, right? I have. Okay, so they've strayed. They're lo- they're aha. God, I hate myself. Anywho. <laughs> Um, so they've, they, they have, they've kind of gone, uh, pretty far past the books. We honestly don't know if George R. R. Martin will ever get anything out ever again. Uh, and he doesn't like to talk about his own mortality, but, uh, I think we're all concerned. And I, I, wh- what were your actual general thoughts on this new season? Uh, because, you know, as a, as a book reader person. Well, I never do myself any favors with this because the next day I always watch like the harshest Game of Thrones reviews on YouTube. Um, uh, why? I only watch one <laughs> video on YouTube. I watch Alt Shift X's uh, review when it comes out, and uh, he actually this year was a bit more pissy than usual because uh, he was just like, "It's moving at a blistering pace, and I don't know if if that's a good thing." But I mean, everyone agreed with that. Like everyone was like, "Yeah, we wish it was longer," but also it's seven episodes. We got. We gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta get into this. Yeah, I also watch Alt Shift X, but my main one is Preston Jacobs' TV show recaps, which is nothing but him shitting on the show from a book reader's perspective in a really funny way, basically. Oh, okay. And I still like the show, and I don't think a lot of this stuff will happen in the books, but I think the ultimate ending will probably be the same because that much has been said. George R. Martin I, said, like, yeah, I told them the end of the books, and that's what right, they do. Right. I just, I, I wonder if uh, Viserion is going to, if that's how the wall is going to fall in, I hope everyone's watched Game of Thrones. Anyway, I just want to know if that's the way the wall is actually going to fall, because it felt like that was a show thing, not a book thing. I just, and I don't know, I've never even read the books, but it just, as I was watching it, I was like, I just don't think that might, I don't know if that will be it. Well, without getting into huge spoiler territory... Uh, the Song of Ice and Fire fandom have uh, all these theories that the dragons are going to be split up somehow. Maybe not necessarily to the to the others, the White Walkers, but maybe amongst other great houses, they might get split up and used in different uh, kingdoms, basically. Right. Who, who do they think is going to take the other dragons? So there's the theory that Victarion Greyjoy will take one of the dragons. Sure. And there's a theory that uh, Doran Martell will eventually get a dragon as well. Wow, man. The books are so different. <laughs> I, I, I'm I not a book reader. Uh, I'm, I read books, just not those ones. 
and it's only because the like my favorite medium is television and i just want to i want to let it uh lie and i think i'm going to read them afterwards what i wish i i know that westworld obviously had a had a movie but i i wish it had like a, a book series that michael creighton wrote that we could that we could harken back to you know if they released some uh like original fiction like the way they do like you know, for other shows or for other movies, like Star Wars has a ton of original fiction not tied in, like, to the main stories necessarily, or maybe just tangentially right, close just to like them. Right, allow something that's like, you know, this is not full canon, but it's something based on the world. Right, I would read, like, Tales of Westworld, like an authorized, like... Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. I, re- I mean, I read all those fucking books. Like, yeah. <laughs> there was a book series around the Halo series, and they were not good, and I still read them. <laughs> you know, it would be interesting. I think if, like, if the, we got a book series of a an epilogue within, like, uh, past the genocide where robots did rule the world and they were ruled by the, you know, the main characters of Westworld, I would watch the crap slash read the crap out of that. Although it does assume a lot of like eight seasons of television. I'm just assuming eight seasons of television in this moment. Right, and and if that, you know, that's how you assume it's going to end. You could have a much more tragic, like, humans always win ending. That's true. HBO is is one for the, uh, we're not going to do the thing you think we're going to do, and the thing we do do will be way sadder. Like how probably uh, Tony Soprano dies at the end of The Sopranos, but we don't actually know. Spoilers, by the way. He definitely dies. You can hear the gunshot (laughs) as it goes black. I mean, come on. He's definitely dead. I hate, I didn't know, I didn't like that part. (laughs) So we will be back soon, either with the Emmys or maybe even something before then, if, if, uh, if so possible. If, if, if we, uh, we are just two dickless associates looking for a good Clem and Feather, Clem and Feather penny time. Just a couple of uh, DAs. D.A.'s. Da. Dickless Associates. Uh, that la- that lady was so unhelpful. Also, she barely comes up again. I'm not going to get back into it. But, you know, maybe we'll push back episode four of Westworld. Regardless of whether it's before or after the Emmys, I think we're going to do a Western movie podcast. Yeah. Do we want to tell them what movie we're going to watch, James? We might as well. Well, I think it's a, by request. Somebody I requested 310 to Yuma. Ooh. The new one? There's two of those, right? Yeah, I think they meant the new one. But thank you know, look, listen to that, guys. Look how easily influenced we are. Well, you want us to watch a movie? Just tell us. We do it. Whatever. Is it western? Sure. Sure. That that somehow fits into the genre that we that we reside upon. We'll watch. I'll. I. Someone said something on Twitter, and now two hours of my life is dedicated. So that's how that's how this happens. All right, and we will see you next time for a movie review or an Emmy recap. I'm James. <laughs> and I'm Ryan. And this is the Westworld Podcast. <laughs>